Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, therapy is in session. Nick Bob Borud, Game Recap Pod, Nebraska, Purdue. 43-37, you walked in, you watched two seconds of a Full House episode that my daughter Mava forced you to watch, and then we were down to business. We had to get down to the pod studio. We've not talked about anything. Yeah, we have a couple of, you know, a couple of minutes for for Jesse Consopoulos, <laughs> Joey Gladstone, and Dan Tanner. We always have a couple of minutes. We always got a couple of minutes for them, but now so we got to get the it. The Ba family's all, I mean, head over heels. The whole family's in on this. Right? Yes. They're all they're, we're, we're so all in on Full House right now. My daughter, Mava, six years old. All the It's like Stephanie early on is her age. Then Michelle becomes her age. Like, it's all, like, it's just amazing. It is, uh, it's, it's incredible. But instead of talking about Jesse, Joey, DJ, Danny, Kimmy Gibbler and the gang, we're going to talk about Trey Palmer, Anthony Grant, Casey Thompson, <laughs> Uncle Mickey, the real full Uncle house. Bill Bush, the, the, the real full house, the real full house that's going on. I, you know, I am like, I got a lot of energy right now for this, for, for this. I'm very excited to talk about this game. There's a lot in that game. There's a lot in that game. I don't know. Did you see the Omaha World Herald today? Yes. Chattel? Surprisingly positive um, takeaway. Yeah. Um, and so I guess that's where I, uh, this was a great, because we didn't talk, not even a one It's interesting iota. you say that, though, because I think a lot of it is like, it's in, a lot of this is how you want to frame it and look at it. Yeah. The one thing that I do think is interesting, Yeah, yeah I wrote this down to like, talk about it at the end, but I think we can get into it now. Before we get into like, we're going to get into a bunch of stuff. Yeah. I don't want to. There's a lot of talk about like the effort and the fight with this group and all that. I don't want to go overboard on that conversation because I wouldn't say effort was the issue under Scott Frost. I don't think so. No. Outside I, I, of the end, maybe like effort, effort wasn't what doomed the Frost era. It was execution, poise, the details that doomed. So I think it's interesting that like, it's almost like we already have revisionist history on how the Frost era went. Like, yes. like the whole four and a half years, I it was it I was all so Georgia Southern and all so, that stuff. It's so unfair because the, the it, like they were trying to say that these guys are fighters. All of a sudden, I'm like, that wasn't the problem. Like, right. we lost a bunch of one score games over the last two three years with a defense that was fighting yes but we couldn't just get out of our own way with mistakes in just simple game management things like, right that was the problem the details not the effort has kind of been my takeaway from the frost era so i think the the, the word revisionist history that's the right yeah i feel like it's already starting to happen yeah and and so i think where that where i will where where the effort conversation is valid is in the context of this situation where if you yes. if you think about where this team was at a month ago we're taping this it's sunday october 16th september 17th was the oklahoma game so a month ago Nebraska was getting ready to play its first game under Mickey Joseph frost had been fired all those sorts of things i think where the effort conversation is legitimate 
is as it pertains to this current situation where this team seemingly had every opportunity to throw in the towel, give up on the season. So it's weird. It's almost like we may be splitting hairs here, but like to me, I'm like, okay, we can have the effort conversation in the context of coach fired, defensive coordinator fired, and yet this team hasn't given up. But I also don't want to, but, but it seems like that has spilled over into like, finally, finally a little bit of effort for the team. It's like, wait a minute, what? I think so effort during a period of uncertainty that it's valid. I like effort from the last four years. Nobody mentioned that once. Like, I don't think that was ever a talking point about the Scott Frost era. Like, to me, it was never, man, these guys don't work hard because they seemingly work hard. You hear guys like, oh, Sean Mathis come here and they're like, God, these guys, I wasn't ready for how these guys work. Like the Alabama guy, same thing. These guys work here. Like they're working. They seemingly play hard, but they just don't always play well or they don't always execute well, right. or they seemingly do dumb things the wrong time, right? Those are those are the problems. So I think if we try to change it from those to be the, as the problems to like, ah, just they play hard, they're going to win. Like, I don't know if that's the case. Yeah, it's just an interesting, I, I think it's, to, to give everybody a pass, fans, media, whatever, I think this whole situation is hard to assess. It's tough. Like, you don't know really what you're even... Are you upset? Like, I found myself like Nebraska lost, and I wasn't even that upset. I was upset because I thought Nebraska had a great opportunity, but I wasn't upset like I had been over the course of the last four years. And and I don't really know what to attribute that to because it's just an odd situation. But as, I I, yeah, so you felt like the reaction was a little more positive than you were anticipating? Maybe more positive than I had. I, I, I felt like... Because that's I interesting. Because I, I don't know. I, I got to think about this harder just because there's a part of me that felt like that game was more winnable, even with the fact that we, you know, I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Maybe no, I'm you're wrong about how winnable that game it's was. It's weird. I feel like I can, I can sit here and look you in the eyes and say, Nebraska, that game was really winnable. Nebraska had every opportunity in the world to win that game. And you could even say we could go into the woulda, coulda, shoulda route and be like, Nebraska should have won the game. Yeah. But then at the same time, I, I I felt like as the game was unfolding, I was like, it feels like Nebraska's getting their ass kicked. Yeah, I guess that's and, true. And that's I don't know part. how they're in this game. That That's the part that I think is that I'm a little torn on where I'm not like, oh, that's such a that's such a game we should have won. I don't know that we should have. Um, I get this is what really threw me off. So I, I, I watched the game on delay. Yep. And at some point I was like at the. Oh no! I was on delay. No, I heard fireworks going off. Yes, that happened to me last night. I was yeah. I was I had to help get like the kids to bed and all that stuff. And I kept hearing fireworks. And then I'd be like, "Whoa!" And then Kim would be like, "I think Nebraska scored a touchdown." And I'd be like, "Yes." So in in the past in my neighborhood, we when we've won games, you hear fireworks. Right. So I went. So I kind of in my head thought, well, we're coming back and winning. And then, of course, like Trey Palmer Palmer's going yeah, off. I'm yeah. like, we're going to win this yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so all of a sudden we get to the last drive and I'm convinced we're the, the stop is going to come. And then it's going to happen. And it just never did. Right. So I was sort of it was a weird way to watch the game thinking that like, oh, I go because I was thinking we're not playing well. Like this should be worse. And then I hear fireworks. I'm like. Oh, we might win. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's know? funny. It was the exact same way. I would hear a firework. I'd be about 10, 15, 20 minutes behind. And I'd be like, well, in about 10 minutes, Trey Palmer is going to do something yeah. incredible. And it would, it was like clockwork. But I would say my prevailing thought, though, as we're going, like, I felt like in all reality, Nebraska got their fucking teeth kicked in. 
That's probably- they got they got their ass kicked. But there was one dude who just would not let him go away. Okay, and I'll say this: our midseason MVP choice. I think it was a good call. It was a good call. If I could have (laughs) strutted my stuff on my neighborhood last night, like Trey Palmer, we gave we gave out our MVP midseason MVP, and we said it was Trey Palmer, and we felt weird about it because he's a wide receiver. You watch that game and tell me he's not the MVP of this team. Oh, I mean, it's easy now. Um, I was just looking at it because he had 297 yards. And 60 of it was rushing. Yes. He had eight touches. So he was roughly 40 yards of touch. I mean, <laughs> that's unbelievable. Yes. That's I yes. mean, sometimes people get like, you know, 300 yards rushing. And right. It's on like 40 carries or something like he had eight touches. It, yes. <laughs> I mean, it was eight touches. I, I tweeted last night and I rarely tweet during the games, but I tweeted last night that Palmer Palmer was like watching a it was like watching Steph or KD, or LeBron, like a, a a dude that is on a heater, just heat-checking it, it, it keeping, was, keeping his yeah. team in the game, just making play after play after play. That was remarkable. That's one of the best single-game performances yeah. I've seen in... That's on, like, the short list of, like, Sioux, 09, Texas. Yeah. Um, to pick a Taylor Martinez game in 2010. You could go Kansas State on Thursday night, yeah, Washington. One of games where Amir just... Right. Carried us on his back. Um, that was video game like that. Yes. I, I don't say it often, but that felt like when you're playing a video game, you just go, Well, all we have to do is keep throwing it deep to this guy and you can't stop it. I mean, we almost shouldn't have done anything else. It, it okay, you <laughs> you played Tecmo Bowl. Yeah. Tecmo Bowl was if you picked that, like it was literally if you picked I was always the Cowboys. Yeah. If I picked Michael Irvin on a fly and defensively, you you, you didn't, pick, you the didn't pick the play. It was a touchdown. Yeah. That That's what that game felt like. By the second half, Mark Whipple was playing Tech Mobile. Well, and I, I actually commend Whipple once he kind of like, he, I mean, we missed Palmer a couple times. Yeah. And we'll talk about yes, that. Throughout. I'll get into all that. Like, this is a long intro here. He, he's just said, you know, I think coordinators sometimes hesitate to be like, we're just going to do simple things and keep going at it. Like he was like, we'll just keep throwing the fly. Like that's what fans say. Right. Coordinators never do that. Right. Ripple's like, screw it. Let's keep throwing it. And, just, and it was just, I loved it, man. I it, absolutely loved but it. But no, that's it's, it was video game. S that's what I thought. It was like when I was, when I would play tech mobile and remember tech mobile, you could sit there if you, and, and wait for your, and you, the beauty of tech mobile is you could throw it like 90 yards. Yeah, you know what throw, I mean? And like, or you run to the back of the, or you run to the back of the, just like, that's what it was like. That's what Trey Palmore was like. Uh, okay. We say all that to get into the game. Okay. Um, intro. I didn't know. Uh, this game felt like there was too much that happened to just go, let's talk about the offense, the defense, and the special teams. Yeah. The Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. And I want to talk to you guys about energy efficiency. And if you go into Pella's website right now, you look at it. And how about this? One, two, three, four, five different types of windows or doors. By Pella won the Energy Star 2020 Most Energy Efficient Award. That's big time stuff right there. And they achieved that in a couple of waves. They got insulated glass, which slows the heat transfer, keeping your home at a more comfortable temperature. They got types of low E glass, which is a glass coating that has been optimized for your climate. They got triple pane glass, which you can upgrade to for increased insulating airspace. And within all of that, one of the keys is proper installation, which is key for window and doors to perform at their best. And you know the Pella experts are excellent 
at that. Bottom line, energy efficiency matters in making your home more comfortable, and Pella windows and doors are at the top of the line when it comes to energy efficiency. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. This is a combination of drive-by-drive with what we did last week of big, significant moments, plays, sequences, all those sorts of things. So let's start at the beginning. Produce first drive of the game. I have Hartzog's interception that I wrote down because that felt like a big, because it felt like Purdue was marching down the field and then one one mistake, one errant throw, Hartzog, who seemingly, the, the one thing you got to give that little dude is like, if he gets a chance to get his hands on the ball, he usually kind of gets it. But I wrote that play down. Uh, Purdue second drive of the game. There was There's a theme that'll start coming up here. There was a screen pass. Quentin Newsom whiffs at the line of scrimmage. And instead of it being a tackle for loss, it's a 17-yard gain for Purdue. It felt like the defense's tackle problems popped up again. Like, what do you... Yeah, so this game was a... I was thinking about, you know, I was like trying to go to sleep. I'm like thinking about this. Yes. Not sleeping. Um, Because I think sometimes like you're... Scheme puts puts you in a bad position to tackle, and it makes it harder. And there's other times where you're in position, but you just don't tackle. And I felt like this was a game where we were in position and couldn't make relatively manageable tackle. Like the situations where I think you should get him down. It's not right. that hard. I think we should make that play. And I and I we consistently missed. You know, I'm looking at, you know, stats. And I'm trying to figure out, okay, who had this? But I'm like, they they chart quarterback interceptions to go with touchdowns. Yep. Play. I wish we charted missed tackles too, because I would love to see how many missed tackles we had, who missed them, because it's felt like um, we missed a lot of very basic tackles. Yes. That just kept all their drives going, kept this momentum going for them. Um just kind of bizarrely when we seemingly clean some of that up. Yeah, it, it, right. That's that's what's so weird about it is it felt like Nebraska taking big strides in the tackling department. And it felt like it just in general, and we'll get into this, it felt like that defensive performance felt a lot like Georgia Southern, Oklahoma, North Dakota to me. Maybe not not quite as egregious, but it felt like I there was. I don't know. I don't I mean, know, Nick. I think we missed tackles at a. Like easy alarming tackles. rate, yeah. Like it, it was, but it even even with that said, like there were guys, there were numerous runs where a running back wouldn't get touched until the second level, or there were wide receivers running wide open. You know, like that. It's just perplexing how it felt like the defense had taken big two step two big steps forward, and and Saturday night at Purdue was a big step back to me, yeah. and I don't know if. A lot of it could be Reimer and Henrich. Reimer didn't play, and then Henrich gets knocked out of the game. I don't know if a lot of it is that, too. But you know what? The, the, the missed tackles were from the DBs. The DBs had a hard time tackling. You know, I felt like we had a, a, a tough go there. And then, you know, and then I think that and the defensive line, like we couldn't get to O'Connell. Like we could not get to him. So to me, it was I saw our secondary struggling to. I'm okay with Aiden O'Connell and this. What's uh, Charlie Jones? Charlie Jones. I mean, some of the stuff they were doing was like, that's just good, right? Like the way they execute that, like 
hit hat, you know, hat off to them. Good job. Good like, offense beats good, good defense. So like we wouldn't just tackle though, right? right? So like if they're doing that stuff, sometimes they're gonna get it, but your job is then to tackle. Right. Like we seemingly couldn't do that. And so I'm just like, I don't know. It it didn't feel like that was we're not playing Ohio State. This isn't, you know, right. Alabama's receivers and and backs and stuff. So like if they're if you're not playing that good of backs, like you should be tackling. Yeah, and I feel like I'm doing a terrible job driving the bus here because we're all over the place. But you bring that up because I'm gonna get, I'll get into the. I mean, Aiden O'Connell threw the ball 54 times. Yeah. So if you count some of the scrambles and different things, let's say let's call it 50, almost 60 dropbacks, zero sacks, zero. That is a huge number with 60 dropbacks. You you drop back close to 60 times, and Nebraska sacked him zero times. I mean, uh, and there were only two tackles for loss. So just the lack of disruption was jarring, even for a team that hasn't been very good in that department. Yeah, I'd love to sit in the meetings and be like, what what was the reason we just couldn't get there? And what was the reason we were having just a lot of trouble setting the, I mean, the the one play was. Yeah, Yeah. Millen drew it up. They would have pulling guards and then pitch it the other way. That's tough. And so I would. To me, that's the kind of play that like Jeff Brom does a good job of. He goes, I know these guys are watching the tackle. Right. Okay. Good job on by Purdue, but you get one. Yeah. And that's to me, that's that's where I as a defender, I I have some sympathy for guys who make great play like O'Connell to to uh, Charlie, Charlie Jones. Jones. Uh, to me, it's like good, good for you. That that scheme play, good, good for you, Brom. You get one. Mm-hmm. And the next time I'm I'm in that situation. The back's offset. Like I'm going to the back. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm coming down if, if the back's going with them, but like, you got to be able to see tackle to, to back. Right. That's something that I don't think we ever really stopped that play. No, never really. No, they, I mean, they went to it. How many times? I bet they, they ran it five times, five times. times. So instead of working once, right. And then you stop it the next time they go, ah, we're done with that one. They kept going to it. Then they keep going to it. Like, right. This is the problem with when you don't stop something, like you are now vulnerable and they're going right. to pick on you. Right. And you never want to be the defense getting picked on. Right. But no, that, that uh, you know, as, as, as a player, you got to be able to identify and think the game. I mean, they can't, yeah. the, the coach can't be out there freezing it, drawing stuff up for you every time. You got to be able to, in real time, diagnose these things. Yeah. And so that's it. That's it. That's that's what players do, though. Right. They can adjust and they go, OK, it's always a bit of a chess match. And sometimes right. they're going to get you. You wish you could sometimes, you know, you could always win. Sometimes they're going to get you if they're good. Good. All yes. right. But then the next time I'm ready for that, you got to do something different. Because even, uh, you know, like there was one back shoulder fade to Charlie Jones where it was on Newsom's back at one point And Jones got it like those are the plays you're like. Good on them. Like O'Connell it put it dime. on it. I mean, it was a dime Jones, unbelievable play. You shake your hand, you shake their hand on that. But some of the stuff was was not that. Yeah. Okay. So we were you. on the second drive of the game. Yeah. <laughs> Purdue. But anyways, so they whiffed at the line of scrimmage, ends up being Nebraska gets Purdue to third and goal, and they let a guy get in the back of the end zone for a touchdown. Um, then Nebraska's second drive of the game, three and out. Casey Thompson gets sacked and fumbles, but Hickson recovers. The punt gives Purdue really good field position. Uh, Nebraska's defense did a decent job holding them to field goals at time because that's what ended up happening on the ensuing possession. And then on Nebraska's third drive, I wanted to ask you about this. First quarter coming to an end. 
six seconds, five seconds, four seconds. Nebraska, instead of letting it play out, I just wonder if Whipple thought, no, let's get up to the line and try to catch them off guard because they throw a bomb to Oliver Martin, a game of a gain of 45. Is that, did they, did they I, I hurry don't up? Know. Until you said that now, I, I was surprised they did. I would yeah. have thought, Oh, quarter's over. Um, but I wonder if that is what Whipple was thinking. I don't know. I just wanted to ask you like, no, I didn't think that at the time, like, but I didn't maybe, think there was wind. There wasn't, any win my only thought was is that if there's a big win difference you then th- if you yeah. want to throw it you throw it. right but i never thought about like oh let's catch him off guard but maybe they did i, I mean, don't know i just was thinking because it seemed like the defense was in you've been there as a defender where you know how much times yeah. you're kind of doing like all right i'm going to kind of get lined up but they're not going to snap it and not only did they snap it they didn't take a shot it's kind of a good strategy if you or you could even kind of like Act like you're not going to do anything. Right. That's kind of a good. It idea. kind of seems. I don't know. I just wanted to ask you, like, because it's an amazing, it's an amazing throw and catch. And I just didn't know if Whipple was like. I don't know. Whipple's kind of a gunslinger, though. He doesn't care. Right. I think he just right. wants to go for. It. I'm way more like. I'm slow always. Down. A, I'm always a slow it down. Let's run slow the clock out. Down. Guy. I'm a slow it down. clock out guy. You're all right. Keep long. keep the kids alive. Drive 25. Kind of a guy. Mm-hmm. By the way, I'm officially at that point in my life where if I'm in my front yard and I feel like people drive by too fast, I'm like, slow down. Children in this neighborhood. Goddamn kids playing around here. That means we're getting old. That is. But how about how they punched it in? They almost went like Maryland Eye. Wing T. I mean, so you had I formation, Yant, Nate Boa Constrictor as the <laughs> as like the he's kind of like an offset fullback. Yeah. And then Tensor Boonton, reporting for duty. Go line. He's on like the tight wing, and they run that ISO, and Yant pops it in there. I just I, think, I wanted to I give think some love. Yant is our best blocker. Oh, he is. Him and Vokalek. He's not that big though. But he's no, what really, is it? He just is tough. He just brings it. I'm telling you, like a pancake per block ratio. He's got to be off the charts. That's what I'm saying he's a really good blocker. I mean, it's amazing. Him and Vokalek seem like they are by far the two best blockers on the team. Yeah. But Boa Constrictor and Brewington leading the way. Some things are happening. So. Nebraska pops pops it in 10-7. Um, I wrote this play down because I just I always got to show love to the Knights. Especially this play just reminded me of you because you you're big on not getting tricked. Purdue runs the trick play. Reverse, flip back to O'Connell, and they try to throw yeah. a deep ball. Gifford yep. did an excellent job, read his keys, didn't get sucked up, was on the receiver, broke it up. I just wanted to give some love, some night that's pride a love. Night, that's, a, that's a night play. That's, that's a, a well trained, disciplined young man. Because then what happens on that drive is punt block. Pretty cool little. Yeah, off the run. Ever, off the run. Like he he was playing it too, so you could tell they were like with the motion. They said with the block, it was that's a great little. Did block. Purdue number? Did Purdue send someone in motion? And so you Purdue motioned, and the guy followed the motion into and a blitz. then ran into the blitz as the guy like to clear out. That's a Catholic. good like great play because the dude that blitz came on. I mean, there was confusion. Yeah, and it, you know it's it's we're actually a little unfortunate though the ball got forward because I, I mean that's a touchdown again if we can just because we Get got it. we got there. to the spot yeah it just it sometimes that's the the luck of the bounce where you just like you hit the wrong side of the ball right or something, right know? so block punt the next drive 
you get the first deep ball to Trey Palmer. Little post, 39-yard gain, ball gets all the way down to the 15-yard line. Unfortunately, Nebraska settles for a field goal, but ties the game at 10. At this point, you're like, man, all things considered, it felt like this game could be like 21-0, and it's 10-10. But the problem is, Nebraska proceeds to fall apart for the next eight minutes. You could argue the game is lost in the in in the fine in like the eight to nine minutes to end the second quarter. So Purdue marches down the field, gets a 31 yard touchdown pass, a slant to Charlie Jones, missed tackle. I think it was Newsom, 17-10. Next drive, first play. We've talked about this. Casey Thompson, what does he struggle with? He's I think sometimes his size, he can't see the backers over the middle. He he rolls right. He throws Vokalek is wide open, but he doesn't see the backer backer jumps up interception. Did you feel like it was, it was the same sort of, it's the thing that's going to keep him out of the NFL. Right. I think he is five eleven at best, you know, and his interceptions, I think he had one early in the year, did the same thing. North Dakota, North Dakota. He just couldn't see. And it was the same thing where, um, man, some re- that's a it was really unfortunate timing too. I mean that that was almost the nail in the coffin for us because it right. got us to a place where we were really playing catch up then. Um, and but these are these little moments, Bo, where the yeah. offense we talk about it once a game. Nebraska's offense just goes in the crapper for like a f- two or three straight drives. Yeah, because so interception. Luckily, Purdue goes three and out and has to settle for a field goal. Yeah. But it's 20 to 10. Here comes Nebraska on their next drive, and and there's probably about five, six minutes left in the second quarter. Nebraska goes three and out. Casey Thompson sacked twice, and he loses 17 yards on the drive. Bushini has a bad punt, so Purdue's drive starts at the 39-yard line, so Nebraska's defense is back onto the field. Oh, by the way, that'll be a theme for the amount of plays Purdue ran. Purdue runs it seven straight times right down Nebraska's throat, and wing bang boom, it's twenty-seven to ten, with thirty-five seconds left in the second quarter. So it went from ten to ten to all of a sudden it's twenty-seven ten, and it's like, oh man! In eight minutes, Purdue goes touchdown, field goal, touchdown. Nebraska goes interception, three and out, bad punt, and it's code red. Yeah, I, I, the analogy I would use for Nebraska's offense is like, imagine they are a they are a snowball at the top of a hill, right, and. One way is really good, and one way is really bad. <laughs> right, and they're going to roll one way or the other, just depending on the quarter. And the problem with that is sometimes when it rolls really bad, and the the other team's offense is playing well, we almost lose the game right there. Like yes. the game gets so unmanageable when we get down a couple scores that you know our defense doesn't play as well from behind. That's just, they're just not, I mean, most defenses don't, but we really don't. And then we just, then we were playing, like then it almost becomes where then we got to chase points. Uh, I think Mickey used that word. We had to chase yeah. points and it just, it's only gonna get harder to play defense. So uh, this was another time where the snowball ran down the wrong side of the hill again. Yeah, and it that's got a good way to put it. Real bad, real quick in Purdue. I mean, we did a decent job keeping the managing field goals, it, but this still, it's like, they had 13 quick points yes. in the second quarter. Do you go, damn, you know, like what do you think? And if you knew this, you'd probably call Mickey and tell him, what is it when the when the snowball goes down the wrong path? Is it 
Is there any sort of common? Den- I mean, of course, it's three and outs. It's sacks. I, I think all it's the- sacks. Yeah, that's what I it- think when we can't protect, it gets ugly. Right. I think when we're running the ball, um, even if you have three runs and it's third, fourth and two, you go, oh, okay. We have- it feels different than if you like, you lost- I got sacked twice right. or I threw a pick. Like when you're turning the ball over. and like, Or losing yards. Or losing yards. Because I don't know. I mean, because you're right. That's a good way to put it. It's like. Everybody that's gone skiing, there's like a green bunny slope or there's like a black double diamond with moguls. And it's like sometimes it goes down the double diamond with moguls yeah. and it's like, uh oh, uh. and that's what happened for eight minutes. But here's the this was a big, a, a big final drive for Nebraska. Then of the quarter, they get the ball with 35 seconds left. Ramir Johnson sighting. They run a draw to Ramir. Yeah. He gets 17 yards. Then Casey Thompson scrambles, steps up, runs for 31 yards all the way into Purdue territory. And Nebraska doesn't score, but they're able to get bleak road to kick a field goal. So you at least went into halftime like, okay, like finally kind of got, we at least scored to stop the bleeding for the moment. Andy knew Nebraska would get the ball to start the second half. Real quick though. It at halftime, it certainly felt like offensively outside of two long passes to Martin and Palmer and then a long run from Casey Thompson. Nebraska's offense did nothing. In fact, it in the first half, Nebraska had 49 yards rushing. 48 of those yards came on the two runs from Ramir and Casey Thompson. Okay. Nebraska had one yard rushing in the first half. So we also talk about, Bo, how that snowball goes down the black double diamond with moguls. When you when you cannot, it's not like I struggled to run the ball. You could not run the ball. And we didn't even try. I don't think we even tried after. Let me see. What was uh, our boy, uh, Anthony Grant? Let's see. Anthony Grant, see if I 11 rushes half. for 35 yards. Yeesh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean that, that's a that's a that's an ugly game for him. Um, I just I like us when we're more balanced. I mean, that was exciting to watch Trey Palmer do that. Yeah. But I mean, that's not a sustainable thing. It's not sustainable. And I don't think it's a winning formula either. Um, Um, The defensively Purdue scores 27 points. They have 296 total yards and 19 first downs. It, it just, in some ways they were lucky. It was only 27 to 13. That's how I felt at halftime. Well, I mean, they, I mean, that's a lot of yards. It's a lot of time, you know, like that's so halftime. 27-13, 27-13, here comes Nebraska to start the second half. Whipple, the boys got together, figured out what they wanted to do. And I think what they wanted to do was someone brought in the Nintendo cart. You're like, I got Tecmo Bowl. And Whipple was like. It's not working. Try it again. Really blow. There you go. <laughs> Put it in the Nintendo, and it was pretty much Tecmo Bowl. Let's just air it out. Third and six, first drive. Our boy Volkolek. Oh. Over the middle, ball to Vokalek, and it very eerily similar to what Grant did to start the second half. Can just trucked some dude and goes for a thirty yard gain. I mean, I think somebody in the house was like Vokalek. I think they said something about your mother. He's like, they say about mother. They talk about my mother. I get the ball and I do not juke. No elusiveness from Vokalek. I take crown of head. Put it in his crown of his head. We figure out who better man. That's how we settle it in Vokalek country. He said what? He said what about my mother? But he can't truck that dude. Yeah. Then the very next play, 
Gotta go. Gotta go. <laughs> Trey Palmer, 37 yards, touchdown. Great answer. And all of a sudden, you go, Purdue, you know, from Purdue's perspective, they probably go, fuck, man. I feel like we're dominating this team, and it's 27 to 20. Yeah. It, it was, it's such an odd game with just the way. We scored in these huge plays and could do nothing else. Nothing else other than that. And Purdue did the opposite. He just chunked us. Right. Picked us up. They Charlie Jones just to death. For all game long. It, it's just incredible, though. So then, But then there's a, a little opportunity here. Purdue gets the ball. Then the first drive of the second half, Nebraska forces a punt. So Nebraska has the ball with a chance to tie the game. Casey, they go, Nebraska's three and out. Casey Thompson took a big shot on third down, got yeah. rocked. And then you have Bushini, who had a few timely bad punts. He had a bad punt where then Purdue has really good field position. They have an eight-play drive. But once again, Nebraska's defense on the low-low did a decent job of standing tough when they needed to yeah. in the red zone. They force a field goal, and Purdue misses. So technically, Nebraska's defense got two straight stops to start the second half. Yeah. No points surrendered. Nebraska's third drive of the game. It's a huge drive on a variety of levels. Third drive of the third quarter, excuse me. Yeah. 6.22 left in the third quarter. Just getting excited. Here it comes. Reverse. Gotta go. Gotta go. <laughs> I'll catch y'all in the flip side. <laughs> Trey Palmer, reverse dog. Don't tell me that when, when he, first of all, he looked fast to get through the initial line, and then he had to like let, Two like big old hogs, yeah. like some guys, like yeah, here we come. <laughs> Easy, big fellas. Yeah. And it was like there was a yeehaw. <laughs> Trey had to let those guys kind of get clear, and then when he was <laughs> and he turned it on, uh. goes sixty yards. He looked. Fast, and I don't even think that was his like top end. Like I don't think we've seen him like run a hundred meters as fast as you can run. Right. Remember, like what was his? Uh, Xavier Betts got like the like straight away for eighty. Yes. I want to see Trey Palmer like how fast he is if it's just like I'm sprinting without having to stop he, and wait for the hogs. Because wait for the the. <laughs> <laughs> every, every good screen pass going forward, like <laughs> yeehaw. trips right, Z motion, yeehaw on two. There he goes. God damn, here we go. All right, boys. That's what we've been waiting for. Palmer, though, he, he just he's effortless. He's but just man, got one of those strides where he's just like, you are so at, much faster than the average human. It just this, doesn't even look hard. At this point, though, and again, Nick Ba tries to bring everything back to basketball. This is like that point in the third quarter where Steph just hit two straight bombs and he's got yeah. 30 and you start texting your boys like you see you this guys. Hey, this tonight. guy's feeling it. Like at this point, you go. Palmer's feeling it. Yeah. But you get all 60 yards all the way down inside the red zone. Maybe the, maybe one of the biggest plays of the game. Casey Thompson, Alante Brown, third and goal. Alante Brown isn't just wide open. It is like a layup. That is that is the equivalent of a layup touchdown. He, he could have chest passed. The yes. Ball. Like he might have been better off just being like doing that. And nobody would have been near it. And he airmails it out of the end zone. Like, it wasn't even close. 
And, and that that play is so big, huge. Because then it's like we never got the chance to be like to tie it. You up. never could yeah. tie them. Yep. And yeah, it's it, it looked like it looked like a really good play design where I think they brought Trey Palmer in motion and Decoy, he's doing yeah. the out. And I think everybody in their mom, because everybody, you know, Trey's on a heater. Everybody runs, presses the line to Trey and Alante slips into the back yeah. of the end zone. And just a, I mean, it is a layup. Yeah. He misses it. Nebraska has to settle for a field goal. Whipple. Did you see that Whipple on the sidelines was giving it to Casey Thompson? I think you could read as I said, get him the fucking ball. Like whip, whip doesn't play whip with the, him and Casey. This is where Casey being 24 yeah, helps. He, like you he can't talk to an 18 year old. Like, oh God, I thought I saw him in a head syrup on my hands and it slipped. Like, but, see, but if you're Casey though, <laughs> the only thing you can't do is that. Yes. You can throw a duck underneath. You can, I mean, the, any other way you could imagine delivering the ball, to the guy, you could punt it to him. You can't airmail it out of the end zone. It did, cannot do that. It didn't even look like, if I'm mistaken, I don't, it was so off. Alante Brown didn't even like jump. Like it was, it wasn't even close. Well, that's where I think short receiver, short quarterback. Like if you have a tall receiver, tall quarter, tall, tall quarterback, quarterback, you complete that ball. I think it's like when you're shorter, then you have to put a different kind of arc on it. Maybe you're taller, you just dunk it over the tall. I mean, right. Short receiver, short quarterback. There is something too, having been a quarterback back in the day, not to go all Uncle Rico on you, like th like the size of, I know it sounds elementary, but like the size of your target is like, that's a real thing. Yeah. Alante's tiny, but still. He's wide open. I mean, all you got to do is just, that's your job as quarterback is you throw all day. That's not a hard throw. It is a, it's a layup. Yeah. It is a layup. Misses it. Has settled for a field goal. So now it's 27-23. Purdue comes back out. It's time for them to answer. They go six plays, 75 yards, 28-yard touchdown pass, another slant where Nebraska had not one but two guys missed tackles on the catch. Hartsog missed, and then Sanford, a walk-on from Nebraska who played a lot. He's got some lot. He was. I think Buford got pulled. He must because all of a sudden, Sunshine was out there. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, But Sanford was out there a lot. He was gonna block, he blocked the punt. Mm -hmm. Um. This is where I, where I was talking about earlier. Like, guys are in position. Sometimes they run the play and they get it on you. Then just tackle them. And then you know what? You, you get a chance. Maybe they kick a field goal, right? Right. Like these are the – those are the ones that drive me crazy is that you not only you give up the catch, then you don't make the tackle. I just don't know how that happens. Right. It's bad. I mean, again, two, yeah. two guys missed them. So they score, and all of a sudden it's 34-23. That's a pretty big bang bang where it's like you go from a wide open, you miss Brown, Alante Brown that would have made it 27-27. And then seven plays later, it's 34-23. Yep. Big swing. Nebraska's next drive. It it's like it's not even a question what video game they're playing at this point. Second play from scrimmage. 72 yard. It was kind of an out and up, but it really was just a glorified fucking go route. What what's Purdue? Like, you I, know, I was gonna ask we, you. We criticize Nebraska right, DBs, like, but like, what are those guys doing? I was gonna ask guard you any guard, let anybody else go free. Don't let that guy not be double teamed. 
Double team him. I mean, well, I don't want to give no, away the game well, plan on Trey but Palmer, but double team Trey Palmer every play and make somebody else. I mean, I'd guard Vokalek tight and I'd double team Trey. I'd have somebody over the top and somebody underneath on Trey and be like, anybody else beat us. I mean, Try I, it. How is Nebraska? How do they move the ball without Trey Palmer? They don't. They cannot do it. So to me, it's like, how are they not double teaming him? And then how is Trey? I get he's fast and we love him. And like, I saw today Pro Football Focus has him as the number one graded wide receiver in the country right, right now? now. Oh, that's good because then he won't come back now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Easy Pro Football Focus. Dang it. Come on. But how is he also just like, how are you continually letting this guy just run Louisiana by you? How is it is. happening? <laughs> that's the Damon Bidding line. I love it. He's going to be Louisiana by you. I'm Louisiana like, nice. by File you. save as future good lines. But anyway, slice it. 72-yard bomb. I mean, at this point, like, I don't know how you were. Like, I am in a full-fledged, like, Trey Palmer. Like, if I, I was going to call posters.com, like, I want a Trey Palmer poster. <laughs> I want to join the Trey Palmer fan club. Is Trey Palmer seeing anybody? Is he have a crush on anybody in class? <laughs> Is he like anybody more as a friend? Thanks. Goodbye. Oh, like, that's where God. I was at with it. I mean, the dude, I mean, that's a performance that we just have not seen in a long time, my, ever probably. I mean, is the right word ever? I, I was going to ask you, like, I mean, we can get into it once Has we John finish Rogers the game. Ever like, had two hundred plus yards receiving? Is that the greatest wide receiver performance of all time at Nebraska? I'd have to go back and like, I don't know Johnny. Like, there maybe was like a random game. I mean, Johnny against, Rogers, I gotta think has one that's that's rivals it. Rivals or it Irving better. Fryer because Irving it was, Fryer, it was, but Irving just wouldn't give me touches. Like Johnny would have got the touches, right? Because Johnny would have the, the punt returns too. The punt you know returns. I mean? So Johnny with the punt returns probably has. I mean, I want the the historians to be like, give us some of those games. I want to know. But this has got to be up there for like best game by a wide receiver at Nebraska ever. It was. I cannot express for people to not don't let this game go by. This is what I'm big on sports. Like, don't let moments go by. So I always crush people that like rip on LeBron or try. Like, you better appreciate athletic great yeah. performances because you don't get a lot of them. Yeah. This was incredible from Trey Palmer. 300 yards and eight touches. I mean, it's it's a it was an ex, just an explosive effort. It was it in the second half it got to the point where it was like it, I think it impacted and we'll get to it why Brom went for it on fourth down because I think he knew undoubtedly if the ball gets back to Nebraska Trey Palmer is scoring a touchdown. Yeah. Everybody knew it. That's that's why, you know, here in the fireworks, I couldn't believe we didn't get the ball back. Right. I assumed all we got to do is if we get the ball, it's over. Game time. That's all I because I, I go, oh, it's, or they're only up six. I was like, game time. Right. Just give it to us. <sighs> so 72 yard bomb. Now it's 34 to 30. And this game, I mean, at this point, I am just like, I'm I'm drunk mm -hmm. on emotion. Purdue then does a very Purdue 15 play drive here. They convert three third downs. They have the fourth and one inch that they complete, but Nebraska forces a holds up finally and forces a field goal. But Purdue eats six minutes and 41 seconds off the clock. Again, they run 15 plays. Yeah. There's a cumulative thing here happening, and the score is now 37 to 30. Here comes Nebraska back onto the field. Another bad throw from Casey Thompson. Yeah. 
because if you really that they they never gave you a great replay of it, but they, they had one angle on it. Trey Palmer, it happened again. He is to the sideline. Yeah. Louisiana Bayou. Yeah. And and Casey underthrows it to the inside. To the then, inside. Yeah. And Purdue picks it off. Big play there because I mean that that could have been a touchdown. Yeah, it's funny because he missed him in the first half when it was, I think it was the second quarter where Palmer yeah. was like creasing in and he threw it out. But Trey was by him again. So I mean, there was three missed deep balls to Palmer on top of what he did. Right. Think about that. So it was a, it was a historic performance and it could have been even bigger. I mean, again, if he Casey puts him. it on him here, yeah. that thing might have been a touchdown. Even if it's like, if he just makes two decent throws out of the three, Trey's got over 300 yards. Unbelievable. We score again, probably. I mean, right. that's where it's like, damn. Frustrating because, so interception, produce next drive, six plays. It ends in the incredible throw. We haven't probably talked enough about Aiden O'Connell. Dude played pretty good. Now, Matt Millen right now is like, Mrs. Millen, honey. <laughs> Call the divorce lawyer. I found someone new. His name's Aiden O'Connell. I mean, he fell in love. I I'm I don't blame him. I'm a sucker for those those timing throws where like the guy's not even out of his break and the ball's like on a freaking rope and you're turning like it's unguardable. Like they were, it was an unguardable couple of plays they threw. This touchdown was. Yeah. It was the out along the goal line. Literally, I can't remember who it was. Either was it Tanner? I don't know why Tanner would have been matched Col- up Kolarevic, on Kolarevic, maybe. May, I, but whoever it was, like, if that ball is just six inches inside, yeah, it gets batted down. But it is, it is a rope put in the only place it could be, and it's a touchdown. Yeah, it was a great throw. So you got to give Aiden O'Connell his props. Touchdown. At this point, Nebraska's defense is completely gassed. Purdue leads forty-three to thirty with six fifty-five left. We buried the lead, but Purdue misses the PAT. And at this point, you're like, see, I missed that. And I was wondering why I was like, yeah. how did this get to six? I they was wondering. missed the PAT. I felt I like missed that part. You know, you know the Grinch when he yeah. smiles evilly? Like, that's how I felt after the PAT yeah. happened because it was like, Trey, get out there. Because guess what happens is Trey Palmer strikes again. Long crosser catches it. Once again, incredible run after the catch. Yeah, splits the dudes. Splits two dudes. I thought he almost could have got in, but it, he ends up getting it all the way down to the five-yard line. Two plays later, Anthony Grant scores. So in 55 seconds, all of a sudden, it's 43-37. It, I mean, it's nuts how when we got rolling, same way the snowball was rolling on offense where it felt like, I mean, besides Casey Thompson throwing picks, all we had to do was just stay in the field. It. Well, I mean, again, at this point, Trey Palmer has gone nuclear. Yeah. At this point, this is like if Tyreek Hill went and played like Hastings High School's junior varsity team. Like, that's honestly what it looked like. It looked like you had a pro against junior varsity players. Yeah, it's, I'm surprised. So he's rated as the number one. Just the grade. I don't think I don't think it's like the, I think like how he's graded. I don't think it's necessarily think, like a. Weren't you, t- I don't know, who are you talking to about like, like who's, who's like right now the highest in Nebraska's NFL stock? And Trey Palmer wasn't on there, I don't know. Oh, really? Um. I thought that you said, surprises me. I thought you said it was like Vokalek. Um, that maybe that was maybe you. it wasn't I me. I don't was know. You. I, I thought it was like Vokalek, Matheson, Nelson were like the highest rated. At this point, and I don't. Palmer looks like a pro. 
pro. I mean, Palmer, <laughs> Palmer. Well, see, I kind of thought Palmer was a guy that was going to come back. I'd say it doesn't look good right now, which is kind of like. After last night, it's like maybe he's going to start going to run all the way to Canton right yeah, now. Yeah, go dog. run to the combine. Gee, many Christmas. But 43-37 after 55 seconds and a touchdown. Unfortunately, Nebraska just never got the ball back. We talked about it. Fourth and one, ball at the 50. This is the respect. Now, Brahms kind of got some stones. I mean, Brahms got like he's got a pulled out the wheelbarrow and he yeah. put his balls in it. Ooh. And he was just like, hold on, hold on. We're going to go for it now. Hold on. But fourth and one ball at the 50, three minutes left. Pretty gutsy decision to go for it. He goes for it. Ty Robinson. It was a if it was one of those plays. It was a it was a mass humanity of cross shallow crossers and like eight people down. eight people ran into each other yeah like charlie jones and and might have been maga clements ran into each other like a bunch of people ran into each other but it ends up ty robinson aiden o'connell ty robinson has and you it's got, not, you gotta, you gotta, gotta make get that him play. down you gotta make that play um especially in the clutch like these are these moments. This is like, you know, I don't know, like, I don't want to be critical. He's a young guy, and I, I, but like, man, like, you want to you want to make a difference? Like, that's the time. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, it, I mean, you know? yeah, like this and that's what this that play like one on one with a slow quarterback. Right. Let's slow. not act like Aiden O'Connell is all you got to do. Like. Is a Sue making that play? Yeah, I know we'll find a way to not get juked. Like, right. Get him down. Well, not only I don't even got a hand on him. No, and that's just like I. That's where the you know like I don't want to just bash on any one kid. But no, like, but our, it's our D line's got to find a way in that moment. You get come up guy. and make a play. You know you've been, hey, you haven't made a play. You haven't made a play all game. Stop him! You guys got to make a play. We just we never found a way to get to that quarterback. Hundred and one snaps. Yeah, and that was you know snap ninety seven. Yes, or something, right? right. So right, frustrating. frustrating. I mean, Ty Robinson has a chance. You got to make the play. I mean, not all plays are created equal. Just get him down. Get That's him down. Get him down. It's Nebraska's ball at the 50. Yeah. Yeah. And guess what? And guess what? Trey Palmer's a nuclear reactor right now. <laughs> you can't touch him. You will burn yourself. Frustrating. But then Nebraska gets it to third and 11 with two minutes and 30 seconds left. Third and 11. Bill Bush decides we're going full-fledged all-out blitz. Yeah. He brings everybody and somehow Aiden O'Connell throws an unbelievable ball to Charlie Jones and he catches it. And then on top of it, Ty Robinson roughing the passer penalty. Jeez. And at that point, ball game. Well, and here's the thing, though. Bron, correct me if I'm wrong. Was it second down where he threw, threw the ball? So this is where, like, we need to point out. I always like to point out, like, other people's issues. Other, like, Purdue's You're down with LPP? Backs, other down people's with other problems? people's problems. I think that's what Nadia Banerjee was. I always thought about. so, but I'm an innocent boy. Um, Jeff Brom threw it on second down with two minutes to go. Like, what are you doing? It's what he did. It's what he did against Penn State. It's Lost stupid. him the game. His his management at the like what I know when that's he stupid. threw the ball and it was incomplete because Nebraska, if I'm not mistaken, I think they'd use their last timeout. Yeah, and then it stopped the stopped it again, stopped the clock again on an incomplete pass. It was like, what are you doing? What? Especially when Nebraska is gassed at this just, point. Yeah, run it, run the ball. But whatever. But it got to third and eleven. So it's just Nebraska had chances to and get to get him the ball again. back. Like they like right. They threw it two times with two minutes to go. Like 
that's a gift. And we <sighs> didn't take advantage of those gifts. Like the gifts of their mistakes, we didn't want to take advantage of. We They gave us three in the last drive. Yep. Three gifts. We stop them and it's Aiden O'Connell and you one-on-one. Second time, they throw an incomplete pass. Third time, they're third throwing it on third and 11. They're going to throw the ball again. Got to get it. Right. And on top of that, they just had a mistake of missing a PAT. Yeah. You know, so the they, door was open yeah. and you had opportunities to run through that door and Nebraska didn't do it. And that's kind of been what it's always been for Nebraska for the past five years, whether it's Frost or Mickey. But so clock strikes zero, 43-37, Nebraska loses. We've already talked about it, but Trey Palmer, all-time performance, seven catches, 237 yards, a single-game record in Nebraska, two touchdowns, one carry, 60 yards. BTN tweeted this out. He's the first player this century with at least 225 yards receiving and 50 yards rushing in a game. Wow. We called him the MVP. We can pat ourselves on the back. We are right. I wrote down how good is this guy. We've already been there. Like, I mean. How good is he? How I, don't, I still good is don't he? know. I still don't know like what his NFL stock is. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause I see him just like dominate, but I'm like, how good of a route runner is he? How good of a like catching the, he's how a, good is he he's kind of a ball? body catcher, but that's how a lot of deep balls you kind of catch with your, like, he's yeah. just, you're right. Like the one thing I don't know is um, what would be the, sometimes is Sometimes he, when you watch a, I mean, I can only bring back. That got to be more well-rounded than be like, it's like basketball. No, you know no. what I'm saying? So is he Chris Carter or is he a poor man's or can he become like Chris Carter's skills? Or not can he become, this is the wrong analogy. Like there's Chris Carter and there's Randy Moss. Yes. He's definitely closer to the Randy Moss. Right. right? So two teammates. We, we're not different. saying he is. I mean, these no, are no. two Hall of Famers. He's like I a, think Randy Moss is the He's like a poor receiver. man's Randy Moss. Like right. that type of just stupid that, speed. Yes. And he's also very... He's confident and natural. He's a natural move. His movements right. are natural. But can he run routes and can he catch the ball like Chris Carter? Because that's right. like Moss was the type that like could kind of do both. Yes. And that's why he's the GOAT. Chris Carter couldn't do both. But Chris Carter was amazing at catching the ball. Right. Amazing at running routes. Right. So I think can Palmer be, you know, he's going to be Moss's more like a Moss athleticism. But like. How much of the receiver ability of like a Carter does he have? I don't know that. Because if you're in the NFL and you don't got some of that, right? It's hard because those DBs, man, they all can run too. Well, that thing he's he's his comp would be like a Tyreek Hill, where he's just running past guys. But Tyreek is a jitterbug, right? And Ty and Trey's not. Trey's I'm just saying, like strider. that kind of role. Like, Trey is seriously fast. But what I my analogy for basketball is going to be like, I don't know if is he one of those guys? Is he like a mid-major big man that is playing at Central Michigan? And you're like, okay, he's kicking ass and getting 14 boards a game because he's playing against college guys. Like, is he going to yeah. get to the? Is he Tyler Hensborough or something? Like that? You know, like yeah, yeah, he's yeah. he's. He's just a bull in a china shop, dominating the paint, able to get rebounds, score at the rim, and all of a sudden you get in the NBA and it ain't like that. Like, is he just abusing shitty college defensive backs? Because he, let's be honest, he made Purdue's secondary look look like a junior varsity team. I, I here's what I'd say: is that his athleticism is so special. Like he is so naturally fast that 
he's got a high ceiling. Like I, I, I just haven't seen the completeness of his route. I agree game, with that. Right? Like the Charlie Jones was just like, you know, like, oh. like it was like 90 degrees. Right. But here's the, here's the difference though. I think Trey Palmer has the ability to sharpen those right. angles, to work on his hands. And you cannot teach that kind of speed, like that silly speed that he has, and the instincts he's got he, instincts. I too. was going to say it's not just that he's running past. But there, there's it's more than just being able to like, hey, sh- just run. Like he he knows how to. He's running get, good. I mean, he's, he's still running good routes. Right. I'm like, just saying, like, there's an art to how he's getting he, open he's outside pretty, of just being fast. He's pretty loose with what he does, but he's very confident. So like he. He's not a guy that doesn't get football. I think he gets football yeah. very much. I mean, the dude just put up 300 yards on eight touches. Like, let's not joke with this dude. Yeah. What I'm saying is, like, we're projecting him now as, like, how good is he as a pro? Because now that's how good he is, Nick, that we're talking about it. Yes, he which is from remarkable. Like, is he a good college player? Like, done. He is. Right. Now we're talking pro. That's how good he is. But I, what I'm saying is, like, I'm starting to talk about Randy Moss and Chris Carter with him. That's where I'm like, I'm going to slow it down right. and think about this. But he, with that performance, just put himself in like, now we got to start talking about this guy with the big boy stuff. I've just, I've never in my lifetime of watching Nebraska football, I've never seen a wide receiver performance like that. And it's not even close. I can't even think of what a close second would be. He broke uh, J.D. Spielman's single game record of 208 yards. I can't even remember what game that was. That was I could Wisconsin, look it I think. It might have been, yeah, you're right. He got and, a long, he caught like an 80-yard touchdown. He got a couple long ones. Um, this just was different. This though. felt different. If this felt like domination, I mean, once he had the run too, because that just tells the you run, like, the run was like just get him the ball, right? Like, and that's the part where I'm just like, I don't want to overreact, but I also I don't want to underreact. The dude just had 300 yards in a football game. That's a that's a once in a lifetime type of performance, and it deserves recognition. Yes, I that's why I, I had to, even though we had talked about it, I want to talk about it again. Casey Thompson. Here's what's hard, and I thought I thought Mickey had a good answer in the post game when they asked about uh, some of Mickey's mistakes and interceptions. He said, "Well, listen, he, he he's not going to make every throw. He also made some good throws. Yeah, like that's what's also hard about this is like he made three really bad throws: the two interceptions yeah. and then the missed touchdown to Alante Brown. But like dime to Oliver Martin. Bottom line is a lot of the deep balls to Palmer. Yeah, he missed a few, but like yeah. he also hit a bunch of them. You know, so it's like." No one's going to make every shot. No one's going to complete every pass. No one's going to make every tackle. But it's frustrating because it's like, man, he's, I mean, three throws and this, and the game's potentially different. But what's hard is like he's getting zero pass protection and he's getting zero, he has zero run game. I think that's the part I, I makes me, I could be a little bit more critical right now. I kind of want to be, but then I have to step back and go, he was getting sacked. He was getting pressure. I mean, the edges, the oh, edges oh. were bad. These the tackles edges, are, are bad for your health. These left and right tackles are bad for your health. And he's taking hits. So he's taking hits. So if the protection was perfect, I'm going to be more critical. on. I'm like, dude, the difference between winning and losing was those throws. You could say mm-hmm. looking at it, bigger picture. He's hanging in there. He's tough. He's making a lot of good throws. I think it's it's probably too critical to put it all on his oh, shoulders. Oh, it's not. And and yes. And the defensive. But like he could have won us a game with yeah. those throws. But 
he needs some help. He needs some O linemen to to protect for him. He needs to to be able to, you know, Whip's got to get Whip's got to find a way to run the ball for him. Yes, I think he's got to find a way to run the ball and get him some easier plays at times, and especially when we're backed up. When we're backed up, we need to get we need to make it easier because we can't have that those interceptions in our own territory in sacks in sacks in our own 10 yard. Like we got to just, we got to find a way to be better on our side because we're really good when we get, when we cross the 40, we're freaking good. Like, yeah, the red zone efficiency and and beyond that and is, is outstanding. It's like when the, when we're inside our own, like 30 yard line, we're such a different team. We're such a worse team, but they need to work. They need to think about what that is. But Casey is uh here's I'll say all that to say also that I had supreme confidence that if Nebraska got the ball back, Casey was going to deliver. So there's also that. That is something he has proven with his attitude and his play is that he throws. He doesn't. He's not scared of the moment. I don't think he's scared of it at all. No, and I I like that Whipple can get like he's clearly not a puss either. Like Whipple Whipple benched him one game, gives it to him, and like Casey's like. Doesn't yeah. get in his feelings about it or whatever. Um, he's a good. I will say this though. He he throws a pretty deep ball, man. Yeah, it's been I nice. Mean, it is nice, but it's just frustrating. Like we have we have a lot of respect for Casey Thompson. I think he's good. When you're writing down issues for Nebraska, I will write down a lot of issues before I even entertain talking about Casey Thompson. It's just frustrating because those three throws were huge. Yeah, m- missed opportunities. It's asking a lot. We're asking a lot of Casey Thompson, but that's also a sign of respect. We're saying yes. Casey. Right, we I think, think you're you can win us that game. We right. think you're better than even what you performed at. You had, you know, well, let's see how many yards he had last night. He had, uh, uh, he had to get over three hundred, three hundred and fifty-four yards throwing last night. Right. Okay. Uh, that's a pretty good game. You know, he was sixteen for twenty-nine, but you know, a few more throws That's what, and, and, and we probably win. So I, I think enough of him that I'll put more on his shoulders, I guess. What, what's I think enough of him. I think case you could win a second. Right. I mean, because really what we're talking about is all of his bad throws were layup throws. Yeah. You have the Alante Brown layup. I mean, the one interception, it's like vocal wide open. I mean, you yeah. just got to get it to him. Yeah. And then Trey Palmer's open. You cannot underthrow him. Like, yeah. So it's hard. I mean, there's a balance here with the Casey Thompson, but it's, you know, it's like that, you know, the coaches always give you the line. It's like, when I stop coaching you, that's when you got to worry. That's it. When we stop, when we stop turning on the mic and talking about Casey, so, like when we stop saying like, he should have made that, that right. throw, we, that means that we just think you can't make it. Right. Throw. We know we he think can. you could make it and right. you should make it. I know he, he knows that you saw him after he missed Alante. He was, yeah, he doesn't usually he get too worked sumo. up. He went in the went. sumo. Are you kidding me? So let me get a quick sumo in. Yeah. Sumo is not a great look for anybody outside of like Mike Piazza playing catcher there. But okay. Yeah, catcher would be hard, by the way. Oh, I couldn't think of anything worse. How, How do they do? I mean, that's horrible. It's got to be a more official way to be like, boss center. But like, I'm just going to like, I stand and put my glove down. You know what I'm saying? I go one knee if I'm catcher. I just go one knee. <laughs> <laughs> Can you do that? I don't, I don't know. Why not? Yeah. Why not? It seems like I mean, things like you could. Um, this offensive line, though. This is maybe the worst offensive line I've ever seen in Nebraska. And I know that's hyperbole and it makes you go, eh. like, I- I'm not sure I've ever seen an offensive line this bad at both. They can't protect Casey. They can't run the ball. Like, this is really bad. And it's hard because, again, Nerlens Noelle was going to be a starter. Teddy Peno ass down, got hurt. 
again, these tackles are a danger to Casey Thompson's health. And again, I talked about it at halftime. You take away Palmer's 60-yard run on the reverse. You take away Casey Thompson's 31-yard scramble. And you take away Ramirez's 17-yard draw play. That's 108 of the 122 total rushing yards on three kind of unconventional weird plays. Like when you talk about lining up, handing the ball off to Anthony Grant, they couldn't dream of doing that. And we know, by the way, that Anthony Grant is a real dude. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you, I don't. You don't even have to you, add anything. It's no, just it's I, I, water's wet. About, this offensive line's bad. I'm trying to think as you said. This is the worst offensive line we've ever had. And I'm thinking back to. I'm looking back. We had with McGee and well, Johnny Holding and so Frank Falstart. We had we had high in 2020. We had Hymas. We had O'Doyle. We had Farinoke. Um. <laughs> who was our who was our right tackle? Who was our right tackle? <laughs> I love when you put your last. <laughs> you talking about Farniak? Farniak? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Farinok? Is that what you said? Farinok. I, I love when you butch. It's like your yant yant thing. Yant Kovalerik. Kovalerik. I don't know these guys. Names are hard. I'd be one of those guys up in the booth. Farinok. I'd be bad in booth. Fair no- okay, I'm sorry. Keep going. You're okay. our true coach. Coaches never know last names. Like, Fair no! Fair no! Damn it! Rosen River! Rosenberg, get in there! Oh, my God, that's funny. Okay, okay. sorry, but... Anyway, uh... Yeah, that group was... That group struggled, but... Who who am I missing on that, that starting line from, uh... Uh... Was it Piper? Bo Wilson? Um... I'm trying to think who's the right tackle. Binhart wasn't the tackle in 2020. No, there's somebody we're missing on that. I don't know. I, sure. But anyway, but like, Jaimes was an NFL guy. Farinoke. Farinoke. Let's just call him Farinoke. Farinoke? Farniak. Farniak. Gosh. Farinoke. Farniak. Keep going. No. Anyway, <laughs> those guys are like NFL guys, and we thought they weren't good. Right. So you're telling me to back it down, Ba? Well, no. I don't know that I am. I'm no. thinking that we, like, like most things, like, Sometimes it can get worse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know? Yeah, I know. I just, it's, man, I mean, I'm o- just like, what do they do well? O'Doyle is a stud in the NFL right now. And we at the, like, people. I wanted him benched. Wanted him benched and well, I, it might have, it wasn't because of anything other than the fact that, like, he was. He couldn't snap. He couldn't snap the ball. Like, That's so in fair. my defense, I wasn't like, when he pulls his hips, I don't like what happens. No, it's just like he snapped it over the quarterback's head. Yeah, I just, I'm, I'm just wondering, like. I don't know, man. I think, it's. I felt like when we had Prohaska and Cochran on the left side, the run game was better. The run game yeah. was better because you had you had Cochran at guard. Now he's at tackle, and then you know now Ben Hart's pulled, and Anthony Hunter Anthony's in there. Noelle's out. For, you know, like there's a lot of it's a lot holes. of things that have happened I that feel like but we boy, just, oh boy, man, we need to find some dudes that can right that can block and can just just enough to protect our guys so we can be basic enough hold that thought let me talk about the defense for a little bit then i want to circle back to that because yeah. because there's a nugget here that is involves one bo robert root so total plays run yesterday purdue ran 101 plays nebraska ran 52 oh purdue's 101 plays are the most faced by a nebraska defense since Iowa State ran 102 in 2007. Whew. 
Yeah. You faced a hundred and two plays in that game. Yeah, that we that was a theme. that was your ninety-two yard pick six. Yeah, that was we won that game. I mean, you usually don't win games <laughs> giving up 102 points. Give 102 plays. <laughs> yeah, right. Like usually don't. We did. Um well, I wanted to ask you, like, what's that like? Give us it because we go like, oh, it's not good. Like, what is because there's got to be a real thing to uh Nick. Now do you I remember? Was, I, I do remember because I felt like and this was the, the, the my one of my biggest criticisms of Bill Callahan is he didn't protect our legs. He yeah, we would run a hundred. I'd do like a hundred snaps every practice that were supposed to be full speed. Right, and I'd always ask my brother like, how many of you guys do full speed? And he'd say like in the pros, and he'd be right. like thirty. Oh my god! So we're doing like three times three the times workload, workload, three times a week. Right, and we just had dead legs all the time. Right. But like at the same time, like and we had to play these games. We played the Texas Techs. We play. Missouri, Kansas, Mike Gundy, Oki State, Oki yeah, State. Right. We played a lot of these teams that were trying to do those type of things yeah. where they tried trying to, to get hold the ball, ninety plays and all lots that. of yeah. little throws, tons of plays. Um, so we were kind of in a weird way used to it, but we also had dead dead legs for four years. So. But it's amazing. I just I saw that and I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, Iowa State, one hundred and two plays. By the end of the game, you're just you are a little bit just like you just feel like mushy a little bit. Well, you know? I just I mean I. I I felt like Purdue ran a bajillion plays, and it's amazing to think that you ran, you saw a team run. I'm actually surprised. I would have thought it would have been a different game, but that was a that's a lot of plays. 100, 101 plays, time of possession. Purdue, forty two minutes and forty two seconds. Nebraska had the ball for seventeen minutes and eighteen seconds. So we, we've talked about this. Like, there's just that's there's just a cumulative thing to this, where the defense is on the field for forty two minutes. And sees 101 plays. Like it's twofold. Nebraska's got to do a better job of getting off the field when you get off the field. But Nebraska's offense cannot do the snowball thing where they just go in the shitter for a few uh, drives and keep putting the defense back out after some bad three and outs. But holy mackerel! And it's a, it's hard to play the game where you're chasing points too because you know I think the sign is for us. Like I think we got to find a way to run the ball in the first half. Or you got to score points immediately. Like you got to either get points or you got to hold the ball early. You can't do what we've done, which is play your worst football and get down in like snow and help snow. Like that's just, it's a losing, it's yeah, a losing formula. formula. Yeah. So we got to find a way to run the ball and just control the clock a little bit better. Like, or just, I mean, I don't want to take away from some Trey Palmer throws. Right. But we got to mix that with like, controlling the ball too yeah because i mean it's just i mean come on 101 plays 42 minutes time of possession good good gracious we've already talked about this a little bit but it bears repeating and kind of assessing the defense the tackling was bad again i'm not sure exactly what to attribute that to again you cannot underestimate luke reimer nick henrich getting luke reimer didn't even play henrich out of the game some of that stuff makes a difference like you said a lot of the bad tackling was from the secondary uh but it's just unfortunately it just it felt like a Indiana Rutgers were steps forward for this defense, and this was a big step back. This looked like Georgia Southern and North Dakota and Oklahoma a little bit to me. Yeah, it and, was it was a little less. I feel and maybe like it's because you aggressive. saw just a better. I mean, I don't know. People are the way people talk about Jeff Brom. He must be pretty dang good. Oh yeah, they. Um, I mean, I think he's a good a good coach. I just don't. You know, I'm not watching his scheme every week. Like I know what he does. I just right. I, he's clearly has success, but. Um, with the way you hear other coaches talk about him, yeah, I'll defer to them. A lot of respect there. Um, 
but man, it's like, to me, our problem was more simple things. I mean, just, just tackle. If you just, again, if you just tackle better, we tackle better that game. It's such a different game. And again, you cannot have 54 pass attempts and with 60 potential opportunities of dropping back and get zero sacks. No, you just can't. I mean, it's just, it's unacceptable. Yeah. It seemed like we didn't blitz much that game. No, it seemed, it seemed more. We dropped a lot. Yeah. It seemed more like the, against Indiana and Rutgers, it seemed more uh, aggressive. And I don't know what I'm looking at. Like you are it just seemed more like press cover. It seemed like more bailing. We did a lot and, of that three, you know, three man rush, eight man drop, which I'm not against that. No, I like I'm that, not. but you know, you have to do really well in that tackle. Yeah, right. You got to rally the ball and tackle because and you it, keep everything in front of you and inside you, and then you go tackle it. And there shouldn't be much places to throw against eight, an eight man. Yeah. I mean, nowhere to throw. Right. And then you should definitely have guys there to tackle. We didn't do either. Great. No. And so it's just, it was, it was frustrating where it felt like two steps forward, one step back. Now, some of it could have been, you finally saw, you know, I mean, Rutgers quarterback situation was terrible. Indiana was without their top two wide receivers. I'm not trying to take away from anything Nebraska did because they did it and you can only go against who you go against. But all of a sudden you saw a real quarterback and, you know, Charlie Jones is surgical. Like he's yeah. going to be a surgeon. I can only assume at this point with his route running. Um, the Nick Bob podcast is powered by Runza. You know, there are a lot of ways to, to greet someone. Hey, hi, hello, what's up? Another way is what's popping? Well, here's the thing. That greeting has taken on a new meaning now because the answer to what's popping is now Runza's new popcorn chicken. That's what's popping. Runza's new popcorn chicken is amazing. Little bite-sized, delicious, all-white meat chicken that make any day better immediately. I love them. My wife loves them. My kids cannot get enough. Two-year-old Mac, six-year-old Mava are constantly... One to get it popping. Great for a snack. Great for a meal. Pair them with the best crinkle fries on planet Earth, and you are set. All I got to say is you need to get out to a Runza location nearest you and get it popping. What's so hard to understand about that? Get it popping with Runza's all-new popcorn chicken. Runza makes it all better. Real quick, special teams. Blocked a punt. Three for three on field goals. Shouts out to Bleak Road. I kind of like Tommy Hill as a kickoff returner. He looked like he wanted to run. He looks like he's trying to, like, you know, some guys get it and they're just, like, going to run into the pile. You know what I mean? They're They're like, like, I hope I don't get hurt here. Like, he looked like I would like to score. Like, this sounds weird. I feel like there's some kickoff returners that want the, they want the show of, like, yeah, I'm going back to return the kick. I got it. Check it out. Just let's everybody just let me get to the 20 and go down. I don't think, I think most people don't want any part of returning. Tommy Hill, like, he's that guy, like, every after everyone gets up, he's like, ah! I want that. Damn, guy. I had that I, shit. I that's a that's a great point. Here's why I that's like great it. Point. The guy that's mad when they don't score, I know what their mindset yes. is. It's very different than the guy that's like, I don't want to get hit. I don't right. want to get hurt. It's a whole different mindset. The guy that thinks I should be scoring every play. Tommy Hill. I like Tommy Hill truthfully thinks he's going to return every kickoff for a touchdown. And when he doesn't, he is like disgusted with himself. That's good. That means you're confident. Um, few bad punts too from Bushini. Um, in mm-hmm. that. Uh, all right, I want to talk about Mickey for a second, and because we we've already talked a little bit about uh, some of the stuff with the reaction from from the media and and people. We thought it was a little interesting, but I thought one of the things that became clear last night was like 
there's only so much you can fix in Mickey's situation. Like there's only so much he's to me, Mickey has helped what is helpable. I don't even think that's a word. Yeah, it's, to me it is. He's helped what is helpable. And you can't fix this offensive and defensive line like that. Yeah. We, like yeah. he's max. I think he's kind of maximizing almost every other th- aspect of what you would are, are control. Because he talks about this a lot. Like we could control what we, we control. We can't control that. We need to focus on what we can control. Like what he can control. I think he's doing a, a pretty damn good job. Yeah. You can't just show up and all of a sudden your offensive line is good. You can't just show up and all of a sudden your defensive line is disruptive. Your reaction. My reaction is like. Go go for it. You're pondering. You're pondering a thought. You may give Mickey. Here's some props for Mickey. Bring Trey Palmer. (laughs) Right. You bring Trey Palmer. You solve some of the wide receiver issues. You Mm -hmm. know, like to me, this is like where. Uh, it's, it's, it's too hard for me to evaluate. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I'm simply saying, yeah, I got too hard to evaluate like the job Mickey's doing. I think he's doing a good job under the circumstances. It's just hard to be like, what's Mickey as the next head coach for not possible. I really, I don't know. I really think it's not possible. We've talked about this. Like a part of being a coach is casting a vision and all those things. Like, I think it's hard to full. There's only, there's a ceiling to how much you can assess in terms of Mickey being a head coach from, from what you can assess, I think he's doing a really, really good job. But my point in my initial thought was like, yeah. guys, w- we can talk about how good of a job Mickey's doing. Like he can't fix this, all, the trenches. No, I mean, this, this is a right tri- now. Yeah. This is a trial by fire, right? Like this isn't like your normal, like, well, my normal uh, trial is you evaluate me at my other position for this position. His is like, no, nah, you're kind of in this hybrid position halfway through the season here's a match like yes go and we need to see this many wins or in this kind of progress and you got to figure out on the fly like that's a that's a whole nother animal that he, sort of that is his test compared right. to Leopold or Matt Campbell or Urban Meyer like those guys have their own test mm-hmm. Mickey's is different his is a trial by fire it right. really is and so uh it's harder to evaluate I think wins make it way more obvious now, if he doesn't win, then you got Nick. That's a real conundrum. If you if you if you like the things you're seeing, you like what the reaction of the players are and the recruiting and all that. You have to balance that with winning and losing. That's right. Like right. I would say, even in a lo- they lost last night, but I would say if if someone said, Nick, did Mickey did last night's game? You can open your bubbly and drink if you want to. You That's haven't even opened it yet. I'm but, hold off. Uh, did last night's game help or hurt Mickey Joseph's case to be the head coach eventually? I would say it helped it. You thought it helped. I would say it helped it. Or I should say it certainly didn't hurt. I guess there's a difference between helping and hurting. I don't know how you could look at that game and go, that hurt Mickey. Well, Trey Palmer went off, which I think in a weird way, because he's Mickey's guy, helps Mickey. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, the the defensive performance hurts Mickey. Um I don't know. That's a tough one. I, I think I, I almost called a draw. Like okay. Mickey doesn't lose credit for that, but maybe that's a better way to put it. But the loss, uh, so like some of the things they offset almost. So I would say he doesn't get positive credit for it either. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he just doesn't maybe get dinged as bad for a loss. Right. Two wins. Okay, good. Okay, this is a, a ding for a loss that would normally happen. I think, okay, maybe we don't get dinged, but 
I don't think he's getting another pass, Nick. I mean, if you, if you can lose a game and don't get dinged, I don't think that happens going forward. Yeah, you're probably right because at this point, they're still. It was almost like these two two wins in a row bought him even like a little bit of house money. Yeah. To go have a a loss like that that wasn't necessarily anything egregious on his part. Um, but you know, it's unfortunate, man. With with how things happened, Wisconsin lost in double overtime to Michigan State yesterday. Minnesota lost to Illinois. No. Uh, then Nebraska hosts Illinois in two weeks. Like you had, if you would have won that game, like holy shit, you had an opportunity. If you go oh, beat I Illinois know. at home, I know you're all of a sudden like, is Nebraska in the driver's seat for this thing? We would be, and it would be people would be going crazy. I mean, to me, it's such a missed. I've been harping on the three win thing. It, Going into it with a bye week coming, like if you get this win, the thing it does for Husker Nation, I think, is so underrated. So, I mean, it's a missed opportunity. Yeah. That's why I'm frustrated is I wanted the fans to have that. I right. wanted to give them that win and then a week off of just celebrating, essentially. And then you got a big game against Illinois. Huge then. game against and Illinois. So now it's still a big game. Illinois is number one in the conference with Purdue. But like, yeah, if we win that, we're back in good shape. But um, we've lost a little bit of the momentum. Um, all right, I'm going to throw one one more topic at you, and I know you're not going to like it because you you hate these kinds of topics. But I just want to say it anyways. Mm. It is striking to me, and I get that not every coach wears their emotions on their sleeves and and those kinds of things. But it is striking to me to watch the emotion and effort on the sidelines from Mickey Joseph compared to Scott Frost. When I, every time they cut to Scott, like I don't think I ever saw him talking to anybody. I don't think I ever saw for four years. He was never, he was like a zombie. He never mm. coached anybody. He never talked to anybody. He just was deadpanned looking at some, looking at the field Mickey is showing emotion. Mickey is talking to guys, high-fiving guys. They come off the field. He's over with the offense after Elante yeah. Brown. They met, and like he's talking to him, encouraging him. Like Scott never. It's just remarkable to just like it. It's just it's just amazing to see the contrast and like it, Mickey's out there like seeming like he really, really is is coaching for his job for a job and and Scott always just seemed very whatever. See, I I don't know that I ever thought Scott was that stoic or something. Just really I, I want thought, you to really close him, your eyes and did you see any moment in a game where you felt like Frost showed any emotion or oh, was see, coaching? I did. I felt like like I would say I've seen Frost get really upset at at referees and Well, okay, uh, let, let's exclude yelling at a ref. Which to me is it? That's the biggest misconception. You're saying getting coaching is not yelling at refs. People think that like that's the like I cannot stand when people like that is not yeah. that's that's what people think. Co like you're if saying, you would put someone on the sidelines, be like be a coach. The first thing they would do is yell at a ref. Okay, so you're saying though the emotion. Did he ever is, talk to a player? Oh, I think so. I, I mean, feel like I did not see it. I don't. I mean, I would be. I mean, I just, I think that. I knew you'd hate the topic. I don't but know I'm just that saying I, that. Like, I don't know that I think that's the I case guess to me, all. it's just, it's it's amazing to me as like, I the, to contrast, it was like Frost had, like to go from a guy that had no pulse on the sidelines to a guy that is really engaged. 
but like Frost, did he have more of a pulse than Tom Osborne? Like probably. I just don't, I, I don't know that that's, that's just like your personality, right? That's well, that's like what I'm a, saying. I get that everybody's not like super uh, emotional invest. I just don't feel like I ever saw him. It was, it was just amazing how you watch football and you see different cuts to different coaches throughout the country on the sidelines. It's just Frost was always dramatically the most like, I just never saw him talking to anybody, showing any emotion, encouraging well, people. called the plays. You know, he's, he's always on the headset calling the plays. Right. Right. So I think that's part of, like, if they showed Frost, it was usually like, I'm calling the play. Like, he's looking at the sheet. Right? Like, I mean, that's, I think it's like, you see a guy like Fitz who, like, he's not calling the plays. He's walking around. Talking right. So is Dave Aranda's really active in that role. Yeah. Uh, I'm just saying it's just, this is more so a, uh, it's kind of a, it's a dig at frost, but it's a, it's like something that's been, I don't know if it's like, I'm loving it so much with Mickey because I haven't seen it for years, but I'm just, I've really enjoyed the emotion from, uh, okay, from Mickey. So the, 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 the hard part is like, if you're a coordinator, Nick, like you have response, you got to call the play. Sure. Like, I don't know that it's fair to be like, well, Mickey doesn't call plays, so he shows more. He talks to the players more than Frost is like, well, I would think he probably would. Yeah, but I mean, I, I think like, like just because you're like calling plays, you can't. call the plays, can he do what he's doing? Yes. How? He's got to call the plays. Well, no, <laughs> like, you got it. You can, you can talk. Like if you're calling the plays, you can't talk to your your team as they come off the field. I you can't talk you, to a defensive player as he makes a mistake. After he, like you can't you Not can't when you're calling the play on defense on defense you certainly could that's like what I'm saying like not, I just don't ever felt like Frost was doing any of that stuff uh, I, I I mean it's just hard for me to say like I know if he did or not I I just don't I don't think I paid attention to that as much yeah I'm just saying that like to me but is that is that sort of the same revisionist history thing like we're all of a sudden no like you did you have a problem with that before because I know like you never mentioned I, it well no I I mean problem's not the right word it was something it always was like i just feel like i never like frost was always strikingly just not talking to anybody on the sidelines and didn't seem engaged emotionally to me but i guess i don't know that that's abnormal i i guess for me uh, is the normal thing like if mickey is going around talking to everybody if you're not a head coach that has no responsibilities in calling a play. Like that's the only time it makes sense to do that. I I'm trying to think of like, if you're responsible for calling the plays, like you are legitimately busy right. doing it. Yeah. And then when you're not, the offense is out, you're usually like discussing what's coming next. I mean, it doesn't like, you don't just get time to just be like, I'm going to go talk to the defense right now, which maybe is a good reason why head coaches yeah. should. I, I, that's why I kind of like head coaches that don't call the plays, Nick. Personally, I do. Right. Like, if you were to ask me, what do I like? I like that. But I also don't think that I can remember, like, any coach, any coordinator coming up and talking to me for any real reason. Okay. I mean, you I would mean, know better than me. I, no, I'm just, I'm saying, just like, saying, like, like a head coach, I mean, never, I mean, uh, Bill Callen would be a, extreme example probably. it'd be an extreme like, example he really didn't check in on the but like he never once came over and talked to the defense, right so that's fine but like i i think it's i'm trying to be very careful about the revisionist stuff with well Frost. no i'm like, not doing I'm i not, never saw I, that go, as a problem. Go, do, do some this week yeah ask people in your sphere of influence what i just threw out there 
I, it could be true. I'm just saying I don't know. It was never seemed like a problem to me. I'm not ever. necessarily. There's interesting calling. It's an observation. I'm not necessarily calling it a problem. I'm just okay. saying it as an as an observation. It's like I, I I'm just struck at the difference in which the sideline activities from Mickey yeah. Joseph compared to Scott Frost are just like strikingly different to me. Yeah. And I don't know. It's it's but that and that's okay to me if it's just like, hey, this is their personality difference. Yeah, yeah, it can't be phony. If you're not if you're not a rah rah guy, you then then don't don't be one for the sake of trying to be one. But I also don't think that's like that is the difference between winning and losing either. Like I I, no, and I'm not necessarily insinuating that either. That's not. I didn't. I didn't say that. I guess so. That's like then why we would we not hold. Like, because I, I guess, like, is it better? Do you think I it's would, better? Yeah, to have a coach that seems more emotionally involved and seems to be like engaged with the players during the game. Like, yeah, I would rather have that. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard though, because like, it's still the whole thing. Like, you got to call the play. Like, I don't know. I think it's that's a tough one for me to like to just flat like i'm like to make a flat like this is the right answer you know yeah i'm just saying that it's again to me it's more of an observation i'm not i'm i'm certainly not insinuating that this was the reason that scott frost failed as a coach like i don't know how you you could have deducted that from what i said i'm just saying that it's striking to watch the two guys operate leading the same program the same team in such a dramatically different way yeah from an energy and emotion and communication standpoint on the sidelines to his players. I need to watch Mickey more carefully. Cause I mean, I'm watching him. I just, I, I wasn't like struck by him being like overly emotional. I actually thought Mickey's like fairly composed. No, but he's more, he's, he's pretty emotional. He's not like crazy emotional, but he's That's pretty, what I'm saying like, he, I don't see him going berserk. I like that. He's like, no, but he'll fist control. pump. He'll, you know, the, he'll, he'll, Big old yeah. fist pump, run out, give guys high fives, talk to do like he's he's pretty engaged. Yeah, okay. he's he's much more engaged. The other thing I was thinking about with Mickey is we had we had a this would have been after the I don't know when we talked about this now, but we talked about we used the Bill Callahan Bo Pelini analogy of like the whole Mickey does well enough but but doesn't get retained and how the locker room would love yeah. Mickey and how that would maybe create some sort of thing. I'm starting to, I'm starting to look at this Mickey situation and I'm taking that school of thought and I'm applying it to the fans. Meaning that I am oh. struck at how amazing it is that it feels like all the fans want Mickey to be the guy. Yeah. And I just wonder like if Trev... If Trev, like I would say at this point on October 16th, do I think Mickey Joseph is going to be the head coach next year? I don't. Yeah. I, I just, I, that'd be my, my answer today. But if Trev's hire on paper, isn't one of those like, oh, wow, nice. You wonder how the fans will react to, to the Mickey factor. I, I think that's, it's, it's a potential sticking point because the wins and losses will hopefully make it clear. Mickey wins out. Right. It's going to be clear. Yes. Mickey goes 500, makes a bowl game. Er, I, I mean, then you right. might have a, a pockets of people that 
I mean, Mickey's a Nebraska guy. Like, I think in the end, people they want a Nebraska guy because they trust a Nebraska guy. And and yeah, I also I kinda, don't I also don't yeah. know if it's in Nebraska fans' nature to like they're so supportive. Yeah, that they're just like if if it's a conditional support. Yeah, like uh, they're, they're just supporting Mickey because of the moment. And if if then Mickey isn't the long term guy, then they'll support who the next guy is. So I don't necessarily want to extrapolate this this moment in time and say like okay if they go hire Lance Leipold or something like that or whoever Matt Campbell goes six and six at Iowa State but then gets brought over like are people like oh man like like if yeah. Nebraska goes six and six and Iowa State goes six and six and they hire Matt Campbell I'm just I'm just and again these are these are potentially yeah. good problems to have because you wanted Mickey to make you probably would want Mickey to make this situation or decision difficult for Trev. Yeah. But I'm just, I'm, it's just all I can go off of is checking the pulse of Twitter and the vibe amongst people. And it seems like a, a lot of people want Mickey to be the dude. And so I'm just, it, it's just an interesting, I'm just putting a little, little yeah. a little breadcrumb out there of like something to observe here is like, Will it be contentious if he does well enough? Like if, you, if he does well enough and does not get the job, but then maybe comes back and retained, I, I think Mickey will handle that. He seems like a guy that knows how to handle himself. Oh, yeah. He knows how to handle every situation. So I, I would trust that he would be okay. Uh, sometimes players pick favorites. Sometimes fans pick favorites. And if he does well enough to like make it cloudy, it's interesting. It's an interesting it's just, it's, potential problem. And I, and I don't want to create issues, but I'm just saying like, these I've are very lived, real. I like, lived through one yes. of those issues. Um, and you, you asked the point, well, what if Pliny would have been, I go, Pliny would have been retained. Would it have gotten worse? Um, it's hard to say that because you're getting a good coach, you know, yeah, like, but I'm just saying, I'm going for more of the psych, psychological locker room. What guys yeah, are behind what? You know, at some point, though, you move on, I think. Yes. At some point, you got to move on as a player. You go, all right, well, He's decisions not made, right. uh, and it's not going to change. Uh, I think the only time it would – here's where it would get hard. It would get hard if Mickey wins a lot of games and doesn't get it. The guy comes in, gets the job, and retains Mickey. The new guy doing things that Mickey wouldn't do can't win. Right. The locker room will go – we can win with Mickey. You know, that's right. the only thing. So if you bring in somebody, they better be good enough where Mickey's like, I would do what he's doing. This right. guy's doing like Mickey's got to be a bot into that too. The one thing is Mickey seems like he's handled this really well. I mean, he yeah. said Nebraska deserves a national search for this job. Like he's on board with Trev out there doing what he's got to do because think, it is a unique situation for Trev where it's like, Trev has to give Mickey a chance, but he also can't go, ah, oh, I'm not going to call anybody and vet any, and interview any candidates until uh, until the end of the season. Like he needs to have like in a perfect world after the Iowa game, like oh, you it's you better be done before that. Like it's got to be done. It's got to be done by behind the scenes. It's probably got to be done before that. Yeah, a week or two before the Iowa game. Like it's right. like this is where Mickey needs his chance, and that's why last night was important. Illinois is going to be huge. Uh, Minnesota, Minnesota, right? So the yeah. next two games. Probably you, shape it in some ways. Yeah, because then what, what's after? Is it Wisconsin after Minnesota? I thought, or is it Michigan? I think it's Michigan. Oof, that's bad timing. But I mean, but, but if you can beat Illinois, Minnesota, Mickey then puts the heat on Trev. Mm -hmm. The heat goes from Mickey a, 
to Trev. It's Trev's in a, a bind because that Michigan game, I mean, probably not winning that game. No. But then you got Wisconsin-Iowa to it's finish. A, it's a weird situation for Ooh. Trev. Like, put yourself in Trev's situation. Like, this is your teammate, your former teammate. Yeah. Like, their friend. Like, you know how it is when, like, your team, you have, like, a friend. You guys are almost, like, friends first. Yeah. You want to give him a chance. You also have a job to do. You got to do the national search. Like, it's a hard thing to balance on giving Mickey a fair shake at it, but also doing your due diligence to, yeah. to vet candidates. And I think you got to go into assuming like, all right, we got to assume this doesn't go well. Totally, I was just going to say that. Try to get something lined up, but if it goes so well that it's undeniable, if, if it becomes undeniable that it's Mickey, you go with it. Or if it's like you don't got the guy you want and Mickey's done the job to your satisfaction, then maybe you consider like, is this a bridge? Right. A bridge to give him more time to be like, show me what you got more, right? Yeah, because you also wonder if, you know, you need to show him what you got. Maybe that makes last night's loss so big. It's like you maybe only have a finite amount of time before Trev kind of has to really move on. Mickey needed to win that game just because it puts more pressure on Trev to sort of... uh choose a direction to a certain degree a little bit or, i don't know or I mean, give him more time before he's got to pull like if he's got to pull i don't know this is a a guy like trev would know this answer like when do you got to pull that trigger? that's right when did i wonder when it would be fascinating to talk to trev or to n get into trev's head of like what is the realistic timeline of of when he has to like pull the trigger on this decision nick the fact that we fired frost after the third game tells me it's sooner than you think it is. Yes. I think with NIL, with the portal. portal and recruiting, it seems like if it used to be December, it keeps coming back. Now, is it now? Is it start of November? Or is it next week he's making the decision? Like, yeah. or after? We, and the problem is a lot of these candidates, Illinois. every candidate not named Urban Meyer and Matt Rule is coaching. Yeah. So it's not like you can, you know, something can be done behind the scenes, but it can't be done until, yeah, until after Thanksgiving. I would you know assume, what I mean? I would assume most of it is like we're contacting your agent. Oh yes, we're talking through scenarios. Um, what would what would the number look interest, like? What would the number take? What would the infrastructure guarantees be? And I like all those things are going to be a part of it. Um, you know, the coach that wants to come here needs to feel like they're going to be supported, have the right fit, have the resources to do the job. You know, that that's the stuff that you. I got to think that they're going through that with a bunch of people right now. And what's interesting, and we'll wrap this up here. We're, we're, we're just kind of talking. But like, do you think Trev probably has to interview these guys face to face? Or like, what does that look like? Yeah. yeah. I would think so, too. But it's like, I mean, I'm trying to go through here. Looks like uh, Kansas has a bye week, October, their, the last weekend of like the Halloween weekend. I mean, I'm just, I'm just trying, I'm like, I'm looking at, I'm trying to look at schedules of when. I think, hey, can you go on sense. a recruiting visit to the Marriott Des Moines and look at that one linebacker and we'll meet and, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, or what that really looks like. You know, looking at Baylor's schedule, does Baylor have Baylor's bye week? Well, I guess they can Zoom now. <laughs> I guess they could. I just wonder what that, you They'll know. probably Zoom. I'm just fast. This is a weird scenario for Trev. Yeah, it's uh, 
it's not an easy thing. It, it, it's it's a good problem for him to have if Mickey can win a lot of games. Right. But I, like I said, I think Mickey's got. Uh, if we're talking about when this happens, it just feels like it's going to happen earlier right. than it used to be. Like you get the whole, you get every game of the season, and then we'll make a decision. I just feel like that is the old way of thinking. I, my guess is the new way is like by the start of November, things will be decided. So, do you did we did we kind of think the this three game stretch was going to be like? Or was it going to be the five game? You know, the Indiana, Rutgers, Purdue, Illinois, Minnesota. I think that's Is that kind be, of the interview. Because let's be honest, if we beat if we beat Michigan, that's such a stunning. Right. That's. that's I think it's got. I mean, if he can go, if he can win the next two, the problem. The interview is, probably gets lengthened. Or because something. the problem too now is all of a sudden on paper the two daunting Wisconsin and Iowa games aren't as daunting as they've been. Yeah. It's hard because, you know, it's like we do have, you know, six games left. Yeah. Six games. I mean, I mean, it's so, so I think that's where like they don't, if he loses the next two, I think Trev's moving on. I, I do. Oh, I do too. You know what I'm saying? I think so. I think he's moving on. Um, and that's why this last loss hurts Mickey. But um, if he wins the next two, I think Trev slows things down. I think if he has the ability to be like, but I just wonder what that, like you said, had the ability. I just don't know what that looks like. I'm guessing that, you know, obviously you only have to hire people when you want to hire people, but right. um, I got to think with the recruiting and IL stuff, like they want things, things got to move dude in place, prepped, ready to go. So when like, if a guy's coming from another team or wherever, like it's hit the button, you're recruiting your NI as everything is done. Well, they got to be preparing all this stuff. Totally. It's you a lot. Should. You should. It's be. a lot. It's yeah. a lot to deal with right now. Yeah. So interesting, interesting game. Weirdly, like I said, the paper was weirdly positive. Right. Um, I would say the reaction, generally speaking, was was very positive. Although there were elements of that game that were, were bad. Yeah. You know? Real bad. And so... It's just it, it's an interesting moment in time for people as they're assessing this team. That game felt more so like I, I just it's bizarre to watch a game and I feel like I can at the same time say I have no idea how Nebraska had a chance of winning that day, that game because they got dominated. But then also go, boy, Nebraska should have won that game. So it was a little bit more like last year. Yes, that last that game felt a lot like a frost game in some ways. Very bizarre. Okay, so we got a bye week. That's good for Reimer and yeah. Henrich and those guys to get healthy. You get another week to prepare and another, yes. go through. For, for Illinois, and the top dog, because you beat Illinois at home now, and, and you know, looking good. all of a sudden the West thing gets gets oh, real again. If we beat Illinois at home, the the Mickey hype train will be back. Totally. I think we'll be in good shape there, but um, it's going to be tough. They're playing good football. Right playing now. really good. They, playing do like, they dominated Minnesota. Yeah, like well-coached football, well their running backs really good. Dude He's is a good tough. Player. Leading he, the NCAA in rushing right now. Yeah. Really, really good. So all right. Well, you you we'll be back. We'll get our we'll get our wine pot on. We might do a coffee pot again. I don't know what we'll do. Um, but man, that game was that game was fun. Lots of fun. This is a fun game. Should we treat this pod like Trey Palmer treat people? Gotta, Gotta go! go!